Hey, hey, everybody, Tawny here. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to say that we recorded a little bit out of order. Surprise, no surprise there for us. Uh, So if you hear a bunch of hot takes about Jeeps and the Golden Globes, but nothing about MLK Day, which just passed, that is why. We've got some stuff coming up for you next week uh, to talk all about the MLK holiday. So just, you know, jump into a weird time machine with us where you listen in the future about something that happened in the past. Cool? Okay, here's the show. We love you. Thanks. Bye. Hello from various places, various cold places. Is is it cold where you are? You don't have to say where you are, but I assume it, it was not that cold. I can say where it's, I am. I'm in Arkansas. It's cold. Okay. It's not as cold where I am, but it's snowy. Right. It's colder than true. Los Angeles. Yeah. I I guess that's true, but it's not like I came I came to I'm I'm I took a last minute um hanger on everyone else is on a ski trip i'm just sitting in the snow trip in on top of the mountain at a place called mammoth in california which i guess is famous but i don't really i don't really know anything about it i don't ski i can't ski uh i've had two you can't knee ski? surgeries i've had two knee surgeries so i think i shouldn't try you shouldn't ski yeah that's just my guess i, I, I assume i could can't ski i never learned ski a little bit Oh, I also never learned, but I, I think I could, <laughs> I think I could do okay for a second and then I would be like, would hurt myself. Yeah. That's just I mean, my I guess I think I could do okay if someone taught me, I don't think I would do okay if I just went. <laughs> yeah. 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 I wasn't I planning that, on it. I don't think that's a thing you just go do, right? My plan was to just sit, but it turns out what has happened. Um, I don't know if Kevin, Kevin, you haven't been totally party to all of this. Um, I have skied. Let me just do the quick. How wide is, uh, I borrowed Tani's car to get up here. Tani, how wide is your car? Would you say? How wide is it? I don't know. It's a Jeep, man. Yeah. Like probably five feet, five feet sure. by seven feet by three feet. Uh, five by, by fucking seven, two fucking tons of pure muscle. Times. <laughs> I guess I, I've, I've shoveled 35, carry 135 <sighs> cubic okay. feet of snow. Which Nate and I both didn't want to tell you that you you did not have to shovel that because the whole point of a Jeep, it's it's the biggest Jeep they make. It's literally On some meant level, I kind of wanted to. <laughs> but let me raise you this. Imagine the feeling that you got shoveling that snow. Imagine the feeling that you'd get just absolutely mashing over it in a monster-ass Jeep because that's what you could have done. <sighs> yeah, it wasn't going to happen. I'm sorry. No, it's not. Look... Nate didn't tell you last night because he didn't want you to feel bad for having shoveled. I wasn't going to tell you, but then I realized you were about to shovel again to get it out. And I was like, dog, save your back. (laughs) They literally build the thing to drive out of anything. Well, my only goal up here was to get a little exercise. So I have, I've just been, I've been shoveling my cousin's car just kind of for fun. Just like up, up until two minutes late for this recording, I was shuffling snow just to do it. All right. Well, that's a different story. But don't shovel yeah. because you think the Jeep needs it. Don't do the Jeep any favors. Oh, no, no. I got a, I got a beer in a snowbank. Hell yeah. I'm I'm pretty chill. This, it's like the honestly Midwest pretty dad fun. is jumping out. It's pretty fun. If I if I may be so bold. I'm enjoying myself, I think. 
I guess we'll see. Let me get this out of the way. Welcome to the show, Yo, Is This Racist? I'm one of your hosts, Tawny Newsom. Uh, that's Andrew T. Kevin Bartelt's our producer. Uh, we eventually get to Today's your topic, shoveling. Voicemail <laughs> questions. But first, we kind of just talk in general about Jeeps. Um, so our group chat that we have with friends and enemy of the show, Cody Ziegler and Jessica Gao, is now at this point become 99% big car propaganda. <laughs> where well, yeah. Zig has a Bronco and I have a Jeep and we're just trying to convince Andrew. And mostly, look, this is, I admit, <laughs> and it, it, except for being a little bit of like a, an outside annoying white woman, this is my most toxic personality trait is Jeep owner. <laughs> and I embrace it. Um, so it, mostly when Zig and I talk about big car energy and big car prowess, it falls on deaf ears. But now, you, what did you text the group? You said, this was amazing getting up here. I was just blasting past people in crossovers. <laughs> it's like, yeah, now you feel the power. It now really was see. pretty powerful. Although I <laughs> strongly suspect I will never come back here again. So, uh-uh. You're going to come with me and we're not shoveling shit. You're going to watch how I roll in that thing. It's a it's a yes and no sort of situation. I, I'm not saying it wasn't cool, but... I, I It became very clear that I absolutely do not need to own one of these things. I bet if you just started driving into one of the uh, aforementioned lakes at Mammoth Lakes, you'd get farther than you think before it, yeah. it couldn't drive anymore. No, I know. It's just uh, everything I'm excelling at is some shit that I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that again. Don't feel like coming back here. All um, right. You know, All right. I'm not against it. I just don't think I need to own one. Um. All right. I just I just like having friends. Watch have... when this watch when the highway patrol shuts down 395 and nobody else can leave <laughs> except you. Oh my god. Just me and Peanut. I wrote also also this car uh interior capacity easier easily three times as big as my car. Yeah. And Peanut still just only wanted to be in the I don't know two square the this half a square foot of my lap. Yeah. The entire ride. The it was pretty cute, but it was like crazy. The inside of the Jeep for Peanut, your Chihuahua, is it, it's kind of like having <laughs> a penthouse apartment. Yeah, it's too big, actually. She <laughs> she was not loving it. She was kind of pissed. Um, Kevin, <sighs> Kevin, where are you? Are you in Los Angeles? I'm still in LA. I drove in a Jeep for the, not, I guess, the second time uh, a couple months ago. My sister had one. And then just sold it uh, a couple weeks ago, actually. She was having so many issues with it, but uh, it was fun. I felt very powerful. Um, <laughs> this is what I had like some to hear. like big alpha energy as I stepped out for my ice latte at Starbucks. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Did, now, did either of you participate in in the Jeep wave? Any, any of you get a wave no. from a fellow Wrangler driver? Yeah, I'm sure you did. You didn't, just didn't get clock that, it. but. My sister got a, a rubber duck, which is like a Jeep thing where there was like a duck placed on our car. And then you it's like some game where someone puts a, a rubber ducky on your Jeep and then you put it on another Jeep. And I, I guess it's it. maybe it's just a Midwest thing. But I was like, what is this? And my sister was like, oh, that's like the Jeep. Rubber I have ducky. not unlocked that level of whiteness. I know. I, I was shocked. Oh, man, I got to get there. Yeah, I got to get there. All right, well. Do you? I Look, this is, yep. I said it's my most toxic trait. I embrace it fully. Mm -hmm. And I want to be a mm -hmm, full, mm -hmm. I want to be a full, full voiced Jeep owner with my whole chest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Golden Globe stuff. A lot of incredible wins and firsts and cool speeches. Um, I did not watch live because I was on a plane, but how about that Michelle Yeoh? Holy shit. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't watch <laughs> live because I am never aware of when any Hollywood thing happens. Um, the but, bad uh, boy of Hollywood. Yeah, the the asleep lad of Tinseltown. <laughs> the woke up from a nap and people had texted him, oh, shit, did you see Michelle Yeoh, Kihoi Kwan? And uh-huh. I said, damn, that's crazy to every <laughs> single one of them. Did you watch the clips at least? <laughs> like the next day. Okay, that's kind of what I did. Yeah, I was like, okay, I recognize something cool is happening in these speeches. Let me go ahead and check in on that when I'm not on a plane. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Michelle Yeoh telling the uh, orchestra to shut up in just the sweetest but most terrifying voice really, (laughs) really made me happy. Um, But yeah, a lot of uh, amazing things that she, you know, I always find those speeches so beautiful to watch, but also kind of difficult, obviously, because... You're watching this woman who is an international superstar uh, in mm-hmm. so many respects, ha- has been famous for so long in so many other countries, maybe is just now becoming a household name for a lot of Americans. And you you watch her accept this award and she's telling a story about coming to Hollywood and people not thinking she could speak English and her making a joke about, well, it was a 13-hour flight I learned on the plane. And the room kind of laughs and the room kind of like is like, patting themselves on the back for like celebrating her. And I, all I can think is like, this woman is 60 and is such a star and is still dealing with this shit. Like, yay, but also will it ever end? Will it ever get easier? Or do we yeah. just have to do this forever? Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the, it is the double-edged sword of Hollywood. I can't, I'm, I was trying to find the tweet on my phone. I can't find it. Like, uh, this is, it's, I think it might even be someone I know. So I apologize in advance, but um, someone, uh, re, you know, right after uh, tweeted, you know, it's a little hard to watch Hollywood congratulate themselves for, um, you know, lauding both of these folks um, while, you know, they're the reasons why it had to take so long. Like, oh yeah, it's it's it is that like oh look at the barrier they've overcome, um, the which is a little a yeah. little rough from the people who were the literal barrier inside yeah. the like, surrounded yeah. by the literal barrier yeah yeah which is like uh, I guess which like and I guess the question is uh, in these mostly nice white leftist or leftist leaning spaces that we occupy do you win more flies with honey? Like, do you, by keeping it positive and talking about the progress and, you know, uh, Mm. for instance, him thanking Steven Spielberg, who I don't think, you know, he had anything against Steven Spielberg, but literally like acknowledging it, but kind of almost only in the positive way. Is this how we keep them happy with us? So they keep giving us parts and keep giving us opportunities? Or do we need to be like shaking the table more? I'm sure it's well, a combination of both, but yeah, I mean, you know, like like many things, shaking the table is more effective, but it comes at a personal cost. Exactly. Like, the, the thing is, you don't reap the value of shaking the table, right? Uh, the table shaker, rarely. Um. So, um. But it is more effective. So it is like, what's the value of yeah any of that? Um. And like again, for Kiyo Kwan, it's like. He was not a table shaker and was like essentially not intentionally iced out of Hollywood, but it's just like, oh, you know, America doesn't want to see an Asian man like this Mm. uh, 
in his twenties and thirties. Like, yeah. Um, so, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it, it's certainly not for me to say as someone who isn't even in a position to shake a table that anyone might give a shit about either way, but like many things, I mean, I, as a writer, one thing it's like, we're looking down the barrel at like a writer's strike again, which is like mm. those strikes only hurt the strikers in the short term. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just like what all sacrifice is it's like it's just it's just like you you want to just be the hero on the other side instead of like actually having sacrificed anything the sacrificing stuff fucking sucks yeah there's also there's tables of all sizes to be shook though yeah it doesn't always have to be at such a, a a personal cost yeah i think at the very least be an asshole to people who are bad people yeah you know just a just a little place to start I'm working on a, a movie out here in Arkansas and largely um, uh, almost everyone in the cast I had not met before. And we just kind of started and we had like, uh, some of us aren't here yet. So a couple of us had dinner, but not all of us have like fully gotten together. But every time we get together with different configurations, I love when actors do this. Inevitably, it comes out like the the who's the worst person you've worked with type <laughs> stories. <laughs> everyone wants to trade like who's a monster type goss. Yeah. And, you know, some of that can even be, look, I love gossip. Hello, we do this show. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is just polished gossip. Um, <laughs> but I, I I love the idea that, like, sometimes that can just be a, a, a just a tool to keep your, your fellow nice people That's aware. That's true. And, you know. Keeping people, people informed. Kind of, yeah, accountable. I mean, on the other hand, one of, just one time in that circle i'd like someone to be like honestly the worst person's definitely me and then <laughs> actually mean it <laughs> be like yeah i've been that oh i am that i'm gonna be that for you guys just wait <laughs> and then follow through yeah. um i think it saves people too that like work in the industry or like work behind the scenes knowing like who is hard to, who is difficult to work with because like i know people myself included have like passed on opportunities because it's like I heard that person sucks. I don't want to yeah. volunteer yeah. to like be part of that and like, especially in film and television, I think that it happens a lot too. Just like yeah. I don't know, that kind of knowledge is super helpful and saves a lot of stress in the future. And then um, on the flip side, it's funny because someone did tell me a story about a, a black woman actress who I do not know. I don't. We don't have any people in common at all. Like very different worlds. And they told me like a bad story about her, and my immediate thought was like. I feel like I'm just going to be on this black woman's side out of default because yeah, uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, don't know what yeah, she that, went through. And <laughs> that's the problem with the whisper is like, first of all, it doesn't carry any inherent power. It's like good. It's better than nothing. And it is what people often have to do. Mm-hmm. But it's not like accountable. You don't really know. It's like ripe for abuse in its own way. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So. New year, same us. We have no solutions to anything. Yeah. Um, Mine, for the record, was always like shitty old white guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. I'm, I'm not saying it's, I, I'm not even saying it's like wrong and, yeah. and, and like a bad thing. It's just like, you know, incomplete and, uh, yeah, abusable. It's probably yeah. not as abused as uh, often as it could be, I guess. Um, actually though, speaking of, uh, Tawny, your 
uh, we got to hustle. We, we're going to have to do a short episode this week, right? Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, so we're, we're taking a little break and then we're going to come back with some voicemails. Hell yeah. We're back. Voicemails. We did it. <laughs> it's Let's time. Wait, this week, um, whatever the ad read is, I'm just going to do a 15-minute ad read. So don't worry. The episode's going to be fine. <laughs> nice long one. All right, I got the voicemails ready. All right. Here, here we go. Hi, yo, crew. I'm a white guy from the Midwest. I'm working on moving down to Texas, mostly for uh, for work opportunities. But when my friends have asked why, I told a few of them I like short women with brown hair, and I'm going to find more of them in central to southern Texas. I told two or three friends that before I stopped and thought, is this racist? Straighten me out. I think I'm one of the good ones, but it's not for me to say, especially if I'm saying shit like this. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. I'm going to find them. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. certainly not comfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's like... It's certainly not comfortable. I would just stick with uh, moving for work. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You just don't have to do the other part of it. I just don't understand what the add-on is for i i mean i guess i i we get what you're saying um it's probably not the best thing in the world for you to be you know have your brain work like that but it's very understandable lots of people's brains are wired like that so um you know it's not like inherently wrong probably it is a thing that like you know using like like these like racially coded um, ways of not saying you have a racial preference in dating is better than the f- the other way, but not great, I would right. guess. But also, you know. yeah, but like Kevin said, these aren't conversations about dating. This is just people <laughs> yeah. being like, why are you moving? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just, just say change of scenery. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I'd love to vote Republican all the time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just say, looking for it. Just trying something new. Change pace. Yeah. Moving for work. All these are Ugh. fine. Um, and then when people specifically say, what height and hair color of a woman are you interested in? I guess then you can answer like that. They but otherwise, say, it's real weird. Just love my job. <laughs> you know, love work. I'm a workaholic. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm all about. Yeah, OD um, on workahol. That's what I like to do. Yeah. Yeah, people we really are throw throw the phrase workaholic around pretty casually for something that is just a fun play on a huge human tragedy and disease. And also the the wordplay doesn't work because yeah, workahol. Who's having workahol? Not me. Tony, you bring up a good point though. Like, I've never asked friends like, "What are your height preferences?" Like, when dating or like hair color preferences. Like, it no. truly is a thing that only you are volunteering. Yeah, because like when people say, "Oh, do you have a type?" Yeah, There's lots I of ways know. to answer that. It's usually mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, d- you know, dirtbag artists who are going to lie to me." Like, that's an yeah. answer <laughs> that doesn't imply I- any. It's racial stereotype. What's what's your type is simply the worst. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of ways to answer, you know? Uh, Yeah. 
people in, with good credit scores and you know who match their belts to their shoes. That's a that's a vibe. <laughs> what do I say? I feel like I get asked that you the say, most because I've, you've literally said to me, "I do not have a type." I I say I do not have a type, and then sometimes I will say, um, "Funny, funny is pretty." Mm. Those are the yep. people I like best, or people who I think are funny. And often that's not, that is people who don't describe themselves as funny. So it's not helpful. <laughs> yeah. Cause then I'd be like, oh, I have my friend. She doesn't think she's funny. I think she's funny. Speaking of, a uh, very funny stand up comedy uh, set of comedian, Mahana Delshecki, is going to be uh, one yeah. of our guests. Can we announce our other guest for uh, Sketchfest? Yeah. I, um, uh, Jean Grey had to uh, step out. So um, Eugene Cordero will be joining us. Nice. On Saturday, February 4th. February 4th at Cobbs. Cobbs in the night. But not the latest night. I can't remember we, if 7, 7, 30 or 8. But we said it last 730. week. If you yep. need to know, yep. listen to last week's episode when we had the That's details true. in front of us. Um, That's and then we also true. have uh, after When that we had show, been shoveling snow. Eugene and I, again, you didn't need to. Eugene and I will be racing over uh, to do the Sponturco show uh, with Paul F. Tompkins and Janet Varney. So, Sketchfest, get into it. We didn't do Sketchfest yeah. the last couple of years. So, excited to get back. It's one of my favorite um, San Francisco traditions. I thought you said Paul of Tompkins for a second and was like, wow, what if that's what the F stood for? That would be dope. Paul. What? Of Dobkins. What if you always had to use the last letter of your middle name as your initial? Ooh. I like Andrew that. Andrew N.T. Yeah, Tony be, N. Newsome. It'd be Kevin Y. Bartelt. Oh, Kevin Y. Bartelt. Yeah, Kevin exactly. Kevin Y. Bartelt. Ooh, weird. <laughs> All of Tompkins, Kevin Y. Bartelt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, let's go to the next question. Hey, guy, <laughs> you're... You're fine. Just stop offering unnecessary information because you're getting into weird well, territory. No, no. But I, I will say also that that if if your thing with you're trying to say you find Latina women attractive broadly, and saying it in the you know what I mean kind of way is the same. So you know, however you feel about saying it the first way, the second way is the same, or the second way, the first way is the same. Whichever logically makes sense. Yeah. And please um, don't say that you can find them in Texas. Yeah. The verb yeah. find <laughs> is rough. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Next voicemail. Yeah. Hi. Um, my name is Mira. I'm a Lebanese American. I'm first generation on my mom's side, and I live in the PNW. I just wanted advice about how to deal with idiot white people who I deal with heavily all the time because I'm in a very white area. And yes, I am white privileged, but I also am not. I'm in this weird middle zone where I look Arab to people who fetishize me and I look middle, Mm. I look white to people who want to keep me in that box. So I just want to know if you have any advice on just like coping with it. Um, um, I just have to say I live in a city that is getting worse. I've literally been accosted by white people for my driving and um been called really, really really weird terms, um and just a lot of racism towards mm. Arabs out here, so 
Thank you. Uh, I really love the show. You guys are amazing. Um, seriously, I'm sending you love, love, and light. Aw, that was very nice and genuine. We don't deserve that. No, we don't deserve love. We deserve love or light. I'll take love or light. Mm-hmm. And it's an case, either or. Love. Yeah. Aw, I also uh, love. I have enough light. Love and dark. That's us. All right. This caller. Oh, yes. The caller. She's brown. So, yes. She's white presenting, but brown and yeah. lives in the Pacific Northwest in a town she did not identify, but uh, uh, it, she says is, is going from bad to worse, and she wants to know how yeah. to deal with all these folks. She kind of brings up a, a, a couple of different issues, though, because she's talking about how do I deal with the people who perceive me as uh, what mm-hmm. I am but, but want to fetishize me. That's a whole yeah. thing. And then the flip side of it is people who perceive her as white maybe and uh, don't make space for her in the way that she yeah. would like. And then, of course, then there's just the straight-up racists. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, Tawny and I do not have uh, specific insight about, or personal insight, I guess, about presenting as white. Except for, (laughs) I've told you that story about that cab driver in Chicago, because I used to straighten my hair and I was real pale in the winter. And he said a bunch of black people drove up and they were blasting music. And he was like, ah, black people. And I was like, hey. And he goes, no, 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 they're loud. They're not like nice white people like you. And I was like, what a wild day. That's crazy. So, so I guess it could happen. Yeah. You know what? Um, yeah. What do I know? Um, and then also, of course, because I am East Asian and light skinned, um, I get some version of that for sure. I definitely get the like nudge, you know, talking about um, people, other people of color. Mm. Um, people are not fully comfortable, but more comfortable than they should be doing that stuff around Asian people, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. is there advice? I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's hard in a place like the Pacific Northwest, which is like quite white by political design. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is some version of, um, you know, finding the community you can. All right. This is, I'm going to say the thing that is popped into my head that is, incorrect and fucked up for some reason mm-hmm. um so i'll i'll just draw the parallel to my experience and hopefully this is not offensive or out of line um which is that like like many asian people in my family and like definitely me to some extent for the first like probably you know easily until i kind of got to college and when i got to new york i kind of sort of realized um, more clearly that like adjacency to white privilege was not going to serve me the way I thought it might mm-hmm. um, and hoped it would. And it was not, you know, wouldn't have been a good thing regardless, but um, it's not just the white supremacy. It's also that it doesn't work. Um, but, and again, I'll just say my experience and, and, you know, maybe this is not the caller's experience, but maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe this is completely a fucking out of line, um, which is that like, Sometimes that like like if if the my the the parallel sorry I'm like now I'm really babbling because I'm I'm second guessing whether I should even say any of this shit but like if you're white presenting um, there can be times and there can be modes of operating in America and in whiteness where you kind of like do 
even subconsciously take some of that white privilege and like mm-hmm. live in it. And and so sometimes when it hits you, it can hit harder or be mm-hmm. like um, more of a surprise. And, and it feels like, yeah, that like, I don't know what to do. What the fuck? Like, you know, like the, the scales lifted from your eyes element of it potentially. Yeah, um, and there can be guilt associated with it too. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what I'm what I'm sort of suggesting is that thing of like, um, you know, the classic way is finding the solidarity in the community and similar communities mm-hmm. um and finding the folks. Um and again, I'm even as I'm talking, I'm sure the caller's like, I already do this shit, you fucking clown. Um Right. But well, but she also is just like, I've run out, like I've done all the finding and there's just not yeah. that much. Like, what do you do when yeah. you're just such a a racial or cultural minority in a place that you right. need to stay living in for whatever reason? I think that's when you just get loud and alienate everyone. But that's a me problem. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. What do you think? The only thing I can compare it to is, um, and I I didn't live there, live there, but anytime I've worked in Vancouver, uh, which is, I think, is it like 1.2% black or some crazy statistic, crazy to me, who has only ever lived in the Bay Area of California, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Those are the only places I've ever lived, lived. And while especially Los Angeles is not that black, the, these are these are more black places than yeah. than that for sure. So, you know, spending a lot of time up there, it does start to wear on you in really small, strange way. You know, like not being able to buy hair products I'm used to just like in a Walgreens. Like you walk into a Walgreens and you're kind of like, wait, there's none? There's there's like one weird thing that none of us have used for the last 10 years? That type of stuff just starts to grate on you, just never seeing faces that look like ours anywhere. And I didn't realize that because I hadn't really ever lived like that. Um, yeah. And so I didn't really do anything about it except uh, break down crying one day because I couldn't find <laughs> hair products. And <laughs> I was just like, there's no black people here. And the woman doing my makeup was like, oh, God, I didn't know this was affecting you. I was like, I didn't either. Um, but, yeah, it can really, like, shake your sense of whether or not you belong just in small, insidious ways. Yeah. Here's, okay, here's a thing, again, I feel like the two things I have to say are, like, both myopic and immensely privileged, but, I mean, I feel like the answer is, like, get out. <laughs> like, I know that's, like, not what the caller said that she could do, um, mm. but but I guess what I mean is, like, even if it's not, like, possible now, like, sort of, like, prioritize and realize that, like, if you can and to the extent mm-hmm. that you can, whether it's with, like, travel or like the internet or like finding communities elsewhere like Mm -hmm. like elsewhere outside of your city through like digital means um like figure out some way to do some version of getting the fuck out of there um which is i yeah well i was gonna say another like i don't know that this is really my advice but i guess a question would be I, i i imagine there could be some comfort in other non-white communities maybe yeah you know getting closer with them doing activities with people who are not exactly your cultural you know identifiers but who are either similar or just like yeah just other brown folks or other 
Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's it. It is like, I mean, it's it's the classic tactic, which is like, you know, you you go from like in, in my case, like even my parents like raising me to think of myself, and this is very common, like Chinese American, and then moving to a place like Los Angeles and kind of like running realizing that the like political identity of Asian American is much more useful. Like my parents don't have like Japanese friends or mm-hmm. whatever um, in the way they have Chinese friends. And that probably is um, given that they've elected to stay in fucking Michigan of all places, like mm. to their detriment. Um, and it's not like it is a compromise and it's not like exactly maybe what they want or the caller wants, but I would suggest that that is more fruitful, a way to like live life. Yeah. Um, sorry, not I would suggest. I would agree with what you suggested and, and just maybe think of it in that way, or at least yeah. that's how I think of it. And I um, could also see how that advice might not be useful to someone who feels really isolated. And Because now I'm thinking back to like when I was in Vancouver, it was extremely Chinese, and I did spend a lot of time <laughs> in yeah, Chinese yeah, yeah. spaces, which was great, but it didn't help the feeling. Yeah, it's not the same kind of thing. So, I don't know. But that's the, I think that is ultimately the thing. It's like, like, okay, it's glib and easy to say, just get out of there. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other way to look at it is like the value of getting out of there, whatever like shape that takes is much higher to you than to like your average, say white person in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. Um, So to the extent that you can like maximize that and realize that value within the sphere of what you're able to do, Mm. it might be worth it. I, again, I, I just like, I feel like I'm like, you know, some real, like it's a banana. What could it cost Michael? Like vibes here, but it is just like, you know, when I realized I needed to get the fuck out of Michigan, it really like, um, changed things immensely positively. And I, you know, lots of people, I don't know. it, It just wasn't right for me. So, yeah, you know, to the extent that you can do something like that. But again, you know, maybe there are other ways beyond like simply like uprooting your life. And I know that's not possible for everyone, but like whatever your version of that is, like I would just like consider that the value of it is higher than you think so that you don't have a I didn't even realize I was psychologically struggling here. We also, we used to give this advice a lot. We kind of forgot about it. You can start the types of social clubs and social things that are culturally specific that you that you w- wish that you could join. And, you, you know, hopefully you'll yeah. attract people in That's that community true. that you didn't know were there. Or the whites that you want to see even less of. But you know what? And who knows if, <laughs> who knows if you have danger. the time for it. But, you know, and there's ways to... There's ways to to attract the group you want, um, but yeah. we wish you luck, and we're yes. sorry we're not more helpful because we're privileged assholes who can just move away from a place when we don't like it anymore. We're sorry yeah. about that. I know it's not, but again, the val the the version of it, I think, like consider it, and I don't know, maybe that's some version of advice. Um, some we version of advice should probably be the tagline for this whole. <laughs> show i mean our tagline if it was possible to do emojis when it was time to do our tagline it's the shruggy emoji <laughs> um oh. I'm sorry, you mean the shruggy emoticon <laughs> emoticon yeah whole typed out it's a typed out shrug 
Just so many. Something that means uh has so oh. many symbols. <laughs> oh. Uh, the shrug emoticon, but the cowboy emoji. Yeah. Yeah. Next to each other. Shruggy cowboy. Hell yeah. Um, okay. This is right. this is uh I like polished gossip the... too. Tony said that earlier. That's I uh, know. that's a good one. These well, this these two shruggy cowboys gotta get on and polish some gossip somewhere else. So uh um, we'll three, catch two, you three, next three, time. Nine. Seven two two three three two three three eight nine race suboptimal yeah. pods. Yeah. Kevin J Bartel, Tronny Newman, Andrew T. Yep. Uh, if you're anywhere near the Bay Area, as far south as Sacramento, that's not okay. Is that south? <laughs> south? No. Is that north? It's east. Is that it's just east? It's, it's northeast, but it's mainly just east. You head east on eighty. Anyway, if you're oh maybe I my my version of California is a little rotated. Why? Because, because like I forget how much it curves. I always just think of okay, like okay. I think of like San Diego is straight up south. Of you LA, think of it like a strip of not... bacon when really yes. it's it's yes it's yes a, yes it's a crooked arm. It's got an elbow. Yeah. All right, we yeah. got to get out of here. <laughs> I'm not from I'm not from this godforsaken fuck fucking state. I hate this place. I hate your mountains. I hate. <laughs> Do you hate my uncle Gavin, the governor? <laughs> um. Come see us at San Francisco Sketchfest. <laughs> Uncle Gavin. <laughs> Goodbye. We got to go. February 4th, Cobbs Comedy Club, 7.30 p.m. We will be there. Eugene Cordero, Mohamed El Sheikhi, us. That's it. The end. Watch 90 show, please. Bye. Bye. This is Sebastian.